We are going to go directly into the book of 1 Peter 1, chapter 1, and we're going to read from verse 6 through 12. Before Tita puts that on there, I want to ask a question, a question that a lot of y'all are going to immediately raise y'all's hands when y'all hear the question to answer the question because you have been trained. You think that just because you are a follower that you have to raise your hand immediately because then if you don't, everybody's going to look at you a different type of, you know, that type of way where you're just like, what kind of Christian are you? So I know everybody's going to raise their hands. So who here can absolutely with 100% say, I trust God? Not 100% yet? That's okay. Half and half, you are. Yeah, that's kind of hard. Okay. Anybody else? Ruben? 's that honesty that you bring out every single time you're asked a question and I'm not asking technical like can you trust God well it depends how it happens it just give me a situation it depends no knowing that it depends on the situation but I trust God but sometimes we're gonna fall weak and that's okay but a lot of times we're, who here is a Christian who here trusts God who here knows that God's never going to leave them behind who here can absolutely say that they love God with all their heart. Who here knows that when they die, they're going to heaven? But we just constantly just raise our hands, raise our hands, raise our hands. But truly, it's like Levi said, sometimes there's situations where I can't say I fully trust God. And that's the most important thing to do is to be honest with yourself and God. Because if you're not, you're always going to live that life where you're not even in a relationship with God because of the fact that you can't be honest with God okay it's like um it's like if me now that I'm married and I'm with Edith what's the point of me being with her if I'm not going to live an honest relationship with her if I'm not going to live a, a, a life where oh you know what now I need to love her now and if I'm not going to do the things of being married what's the point of being married but a lot of us and a lot of people in this world want to be in a relationship with God but don't want to do what it takes to be in that relationship with God. And a lot of times that's what fails us because we just forget that the only reason we became a, a, a Christian was because somebody told us one day, hey, did you know this? Did you know that? And then if you don't do this, you might go to hell. You should you should come to, to God. And we're like, oh, snap. I don't want to go to hell. I don't even know if heaven's real, but I'd rather go to heaven and, uh, than hell if I die. So yeah, I'll go. And we make that prayer. We do that prayer. But what happens to our relationship with God after that prayer? And that's the most important thing. Knowing what our relationship brings after that. And a lot of us, we want God to do this. We want God to do that. We want God, you know, God, please protect me from this sickness. Please, people are getting infected. Pe I don't want to say infected. People are, are, are getting the, the coronavirus. 
Lord, please protect me. I don't know what to do. Protect my family. But we don't even have a relationship with God. And it's easy to say, well, I trust God. But there's a lot of people that really do not trust God. A lot of people. And we're going to read 1 Peter. And we're going to, uh, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6. And it says, so be truly glad. There is a wonderful joy ahead, even through you. Every sorry, even though you must endure many trials for a little while, these trials will show you that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as a fire test and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the to the whole world. You love him. Even though you have never seen him, though you do not see him now, you trust him and you rejoice with the glorious, inexpressible joy. The reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. This salvation was something even the prophets wanted, wanted to know more about when they prophesied about the gracious salvation prepared for you. They wondered what time or situation the spirit of Christ within them was taught was talking about when he told them in advance about Christ's suffering and his great glory afterward. <clears throat> they were told that their messages were not for themselves, but for you. And now this good news has been announced to you by those who preached in the power of the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. It is all so wonderful that even the angels are eagerly watching these things happen. Now, the thing why I came to this verse is that this is a verse, this is a chapter that talks about you coming to Christ and being saved, right? The reason I brought this up is because from the beginning, God created the heavens and earth. I'm just playing. From the beginning, God is telling you from the beginning, though you must endure many trials for a little while. And... I would have rather said, I would have rather God said, many trials for a long time. Because that's going to be a long time with many trials instead of having a lot of trials in a little while. Why? Because in a long time, maybe I can handle more trials. But in a little while, that's a lot to bear. You know, that's a lot, a lot, a lot of trials at once. But what God's trying to tell you from the beginning is saying, you're going to come to me and you're going to be saved. Okay, that's great. That's awesome. That's why we all did it. But there's going to be many trials to come. How many of y'all have, have had a trial in your life? Okay. This is the beautiful thing about being a Christian. That you, a lot of people think, well, if I wasn't a Christian, I wouldn't go through trials. That's, that's not the truth. If you weren't a Christian, you would go through the same kind of trials or probably even more. Who knows? And you would find yourself in a hole. But now that we go through trials, we have somebody to go back to. And it's God. And he's telling us from the beginning, trials for you're going to endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show you that your faith is genuine. Can somebody explain to me what the word genuine means? Something real? Can somebody say something else? 
something honest. Anybody else? Trustworthy. It's something real. Something that whenever I told Letty, you know what? Your hoodie is red. Am I being genuine? Yes, my hoodie is red. And it's God saying, your faith will become genuine through this trial. But your faith can't become genuine to God. Your faith, you can't have faith if when you're in that trial, the last thing you do is go to God. If the first thing you did was, you know what, God? I know that you say that you're going to protect me, but I don't believe that right now, so I'm going to do this right now. And then we'll pray afterwards. And it's a level of faith that you have to endure in your heart and your life. You have two options, okay? And it's like my dad was explaining the other day. You have two options. One doesn't make you wrong. One doesn't make you right. You know, just because you choose to do one or not. He put an example is you're sick. If you go to the doctor, it doesn't mean that you're wrong and you're a bad Christian. It just means that at that moment, your faith wasn't strong enough to put it to a test, to put it to action, to put it before God. But God gives us trials every single time so our faith can grow. And at the end of the day, God wants our faith to grow. And this is where this is where a lot of people mess up because we're like, okay, so once, I, once you become saved, you're saved forever, right? You're going to heaven. So I can do anything I want, however I live my life, it's okay. God wants us to be a victorious Christian. And there is no reason why we should be a Christian if we're not going to live by faith. In this moment with the, the coronavirus going around, with all these um, sicknesses going around, it's, it's, it's a moment where you can sit here and say, you know what, it's not as bad as people make it seem. You know what, it's not even that big. You know what, it's a conspiracy theory. It's, it's the government. This is all the trick. We can sit here and talk about it all day. Or we can grab the situation and say, this is what's happening in the world, but this is what's not going to happen to my life. And put our faith to a test. And the reason why I'm saying this is because it's what everybody's talking about. What everybody's talking about today. Uh, I went to go do a delivery. The first thing they said whenever I got there is, "Oh, do you do, do, you, do are y'all doing deliveries?" I was like, "Well, yeah, you're the one that scheduled it. I'm here." They're like, "Okay, you're not going to wear anything." I was like, "No, I'm not going to wear anything." Okay. Um, well, I'm going to go in the room, and and I'm going to take a picture of where I want everything, and then you can go and put everything in there. Then take a picture and send it to me so I can see how it ended up. But I'm going to be upstairs because I can't be here. It's like, okay, sir, that's fine. And can you get these wipes and can you clean everything when you leave? It's like, yeah, I'll clean everything I touch. Okay, that's right. Is he scared? He's just trying to prevent something from happening. That's right, right? But in my head, I was like, you know what? When I get back to the, to the store, I'm going to tell my, 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 my boss that I can't do any more deliveries. What, am I, what if I'm the one that gets sick? And just joking around. So I walk into the store and I'm like, hey, Jeremy, I don't know, man. I can't do no more deliveries. I think you're setting me up to get sick. And he was like, what are you talking about? I was like, yeah, I, I didn't even think about it. If I if I go into somebody's house that's sick, I can get sick. And then he literally went, you know what? You're right. I'm, I'm going to start calling everybody. We're going to make signs. 
I was like, Jeremy, I'm just playing, dude. I'm not. I'm. I'm just playing. He was like, No, it's okay. If you feel uncomfortable and and you don't feel right, then we can stop it. I was like, Jeremy, I don't care. Like I have God on my side, and if if God's making us still have this place open, I'm gonna work like a normal person. And he turns around. And he's like, Are you sure? I was like, Yeah, I'm sure. I was just playing with you, but we can take extremes. And I'm not saying that guy's doing extreme, but in my in my in my in my situation, I'm just like, if only you could trust God. If only you could trust God. And like Ruben said, sometimes it's hard because you wake up and you're put in the fire. And sometimes the enemy is like, ha, trust God in this one. And you're like, ha, you're right, I can't. Ha. And you're in that fire, and it's like, I can't, I can't trust God. But one of the reasons why we can't trust God in the moment is because we're not prepared for the moment. Preparing for the moment will prepare you in the moment. What do you mean, F? Okay, when you are playing a sport, whenever you're singing a song, whenever uh, you're trying to learn how to play instrument, what are you doing? You're preparing for the moment that you're gonna play, that you're gonna sing, that you're going to play an instrument, you're preparing for that specific moment. I know that whenever they pass me the ball, I have to catch it with this hand and just run. I know that whenever they give me the signal, I have to change the court. I know that whenever you're preparing for the moment. Some people even prepare for the what's the worst thing that can happen. Okay, Lefty, when you're playing, if anything happens and the, the, the this happens, and, and Lefty can look at me and that's, that's not going to happen. Okay, but we have to be prepared. You're going to hit this button. I'm going to do it fast over there, but we have to be prepared. And Lefty can simply say, that's never going to happen. It's never happened. I've been playing for many years. We need to prepare. You're preparing for the moment, even though the moment is not there. And you can't prepare for the moment whenever you don't even know what to do in the moment, which is the scripture. That's why God gives us scripture. And it specifically tells you some people can't even get past the fact that I'm a Christian. Why do I go to why do I go through trials? Why? I thought this was going to be better. I thought being a Christian was going to take that away from me. Some people can't even get past that stuff. When God's specifically telling you, now that you're in the kingdom, now that you're mine, let me tell you something real quick. You're going to go through a lot of trials <laughs> in a short amount of time. But here's what you can do to get ready. And it, I, I like this part where it says. <clears throat> These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as a fire tests and purifies gold. And I like how Reuben said it. I don't know because when you're put in that fire, when you're put in that fire, sometimes it just, it's, it's just, you can't. Do y'all know how people make gold? Gold literally has to be in fire for a long time for it to literally like it says right here become purified gold okay and and if you see the picture right here this is what God's saying through the fire through the long process through your meltdown through the hole you're in through your situation let me tell you what's going to come out of it purified gold but you have to have faith in me. Okay? And that's where we mess up. 
when we're in that fire, the last thing we think about is the exit. The last thing we think about is, how do I get out of here? The first thing you're thinking about is, I'm just going to stay here. I can't. I can't. And God's literally telling you that through the fire, he's going to make something go. Now, this is why I'm talking about this today is because I don't want to just use. It's it's cool because we have a topic to talk about. I feel like all the pastors are talking about the virus and it's easy to preach about it because there's a lot of things in the ba- the Bible that speaks about, you know, that topics that you can get. But the reason I'm speaking about this is because right now everybody is in the point where, you know what, yeah, we have to trust God. You know what, we need to do this different. You know what, I have fallen away from God. You know what, I can't believe. Do you think God's doing this to right now because his, his kingdom is falling away from him? Because we've forgotten about him because we don't trust him, do you think? But I'm doing this now because God is telling you that through your situation that you're going through, whether it be a virus that's taking o- over the whole world, or whether it just be something so small that somebody stole something from you and you have hatred in your heart and you just want to do something wrong. Two extremes. I mean, one extreme and one's not an extreme. But through your situation, what I'm trying to te- what I'm trying to teach today is that when you're in that situation, you're not supposed to say, "God, take me out of the situation." God, please, I don't want to go through this. But test your faith and say, "Lord, through this situation, you're going to show me something." Because I know that you told me that one day I would have trials, and that through this situation, you're going to make something good happen out of bad. Just like he says right here. And grabbing the situation instead of running from it, saying, God, this is how you're going to make me stronger. I'm going to dwell in you. And I'm going to pray for this. And I'm going to become stronger. Because I know after this ends, you will make something go. And that's what God wants to do in our life. Right now, we can just sit here and say, you know what, guys? You're not going to work. I don't care what they tell you. You're going to stay here. You're not leaving anywhere. Did you hear what they said? You're not going anywhere. And it's funny because it's the moment where everybody wants to go everywhere. Tomorrow, I have the day off tomorrow, and I'm like, what should we do? Where should we go? Oh, snap. I can't go anywhere. Everything's closed. But it's the moments where you're put in a situation that you start opening your eyes and saying, you know what? This is it. But now it's our turn to grab the situation and say, God, teach me something through this. Teach me something that will prepare me for the next thing to come. In this situation, teach me something that whenever the devil comes back or when another trial comes towards me, I will react different. I will do things different. It's learning from our mistakes spiritually that will make us a genuine Christian, a genuine faithful Christian. But we, if we don't learn from our mistakes, if we don't learn from the times we have fallen, and we always have somebody pick us up, like a little kid and a father when they fall and they start crying and the dad runs and picks them up, a lot of times you're not going to have that person anymore to pick you up. A lot of times you won't have that no more. And it's your responsibility to learn that when you fall and you get up, it's time for you to get up yourself. And a lot of times we just 
we, we put our trust in our parents, we put our trust in our loved ones, we put our trust in, you know, the, our pastor. But sometimes you have to put your trust in me and knowing that it's up to you now. And a lot of y'all are young, y'all, y'all can, y'all, okay, man, I don't know why you're wasting your time. I can literally go to the fridge right now, open the door. I actually like coronavirus because now there's more food in the fridge. Now I can actually, you know, go to the fridge real quick and eat. It's okay. It's okay. And you're young and you don't understand. Maybe your biggest problem was um, you waking up and hitting your toe when you got out of bed. Okay. <laughs> but these are things that prepare you. And when you start grabbing these things and putting it into your life, you will realize that God is always taking care of you. It says, <clears throat> though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor in the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. Here is the difference between a Christian that became a Christian because somebody guilted him into being a Christian and changed his life, became a Christian, went to church every single Sunday, gave, him, gave his tithe, kept his words to himself, sat in the same row for 45 years. Here's the difference between that person and a Christian that practices his faith, puts his faith in God every single moment and learns from their mistakes and becomes a victorious Christian, here's the difference. I'm not saying that, oh, <clears throat> I'm not saying that, oh, you don't want to, you don't do this, you're scared, oh, you're scared, okay, you're not a good Christian. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that there's two types of Christians. There's Christians that are comfortable with where they're at and will live the same life for the rest of their life. But there's Christians that put their faith and put their trust in God in every situation. Whether it be something crazy or something not crazy. Whether it be something where, you know what, God, today, whenever I go to the store, I just feel like you're going to do something. Do it through me. I know you will. You can be that type of Christian. But here's what God says. <clears throat> so when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. Now, I don't know about you, but how many of y'all were an honored student whenever you were little? Okay. I mean, we were all, and it feels good, right? It feels good to, to, to sit down and say, Nephili Vargas, A honor roll. And look back and be the last one because my name is Vargas. And know that the last people that are still sitting down are all B on the roll. And look back and say, ha, I'm the last one. They're all B on the roll. I didn't make the cut. I'm glad. It feels good, right, to be honored. It feels good whenever you do something. And, hey, who, who did this? Who did this right here? It was me. Wow, you did a good job. Oh, yeah, thank you. And you go back and you realize everything it took for you to do that. And everything that you did for that to happen and for somebody to tell you it was good. Those three little words, you did good. You realize that it can change your whole life. But then you realize that three words, that sucks. No, that's two words. Can ruin your life. And God's saying, I will honor you. When you put your faith through all these trials, you will be honored 
And just like we want to be honored in this world, just like we like to be honored in this world, I like to come home and, and Edith will say, dang, dang, Nancy, you look hot today. <laughs> you know, I like that. Actually, that's that's not what she, that's, that's not what she says. She says, why'd you go to work looking like that? Yeah, you can't go to work like that no more, eh? But it feels good to be honored. It feels good to be told something that you like to hear. Now, imagine how good we feel when somebody says, hey, Letty, you look nice today. Imagine how good that can make you feel. And now take it a thousand steps further, a million steps further, and knowing that it's our Father, our God, that is honoring us. It's something you can't even describe. And all he says for us to do that, he doesn't say, okay, to be honored, you have to make 15,000 people become a Christian. You have to read the word every single day. You have to make sure that when you go to Walmart, you pray for every single citizen, uh, uh, not citizen, uh, senior citizen. If you see a vet, you have to make sure that you honor them. God doesn't say that. God says, be faithful, have faith through the trials and when I come back to this world you will be honored and to you that should be enough for you to always put your faith in God and build it up every single time now this is this is one of the most interesting things that I've seen in analyzing people's lives is that have you ever seen people where you're like how in the world does nothing happen to that person? Do you see how he, how he is? How come he's like that? And look at me. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And why can't I get to that level? Has anybody ever done that? I mean, we've all done that. I know we have. Especially when we were in high school. Some of y'all still can do that. But here's the thing that I've realized. The more you get closer to God, is the more trials you will get. And some people, whenever they're told that, you're like, what are you, crazy? That's, this is the reason why I'm still here. I don't want to get closer to God if it means that more trials are going to come my way. But the reason why it happens, and, and God's actually revealed this to me, is that you can't, come, you can't come closer to God and 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 not expect something to happen because that's what builds us up. How can we make our faith strong if all our life, all we've worried about, oh, well, today I don't know what shoes to wear. I have too many pairs. Like, I can't make up my mind. I don't know what to wear on church on Sundays. I, I, I have too many shirts. I don't know what to wear. How can our faith get stronger if that's what our worries are? It can't. And it will never happen. But our faith gets stronger Whenever the situation starts getting harder. You know what? I think I'm going to have to sell my second pair of shoes. Because if I don't, I don't have enough money to pay the bills. You know what? I don't know what, what's happening right now. But for some reason, for some reason, I don't know what to do. Like, I really don't know what to do. I don't know how we're going to make it this month. Through those trials is what God is putting in our lives. It's a situation that he knows we can handle to make us stronger. 
I was talking with my boss the other day, and he said, you know what, Neff? The moment where I put my full trust in God was whenever we had nothing. And I literally was going to give up the business and sell it because I couldn't make another payment. We were in debt. The bank was asking for payment of four months ago, and they said that they couldn't hold it off no more. I didn't know what to do. And I went three months fasting, reading the Bible, and praying. And I got so mad at God, so mad, because he wouldn't listen to me. And every single person that came in was literally coming in to say, oh, okay, we don't want your business. Okay, no, never mind. And it was like the total opposite of what was supposed to happen when you fast, you pray, and you have faith. And he said it was so much that he was in his closet one day, and he grabbed his pillow, and he was just yelling and yelling and yelling and yelling and yelling. And started swinging, and he said he started punching the wall because he was so mad at God. And he says he wakes up the next morning, and he goes and preaches on Sunday. And he said, you know what I preached about? Having faith in God. And you know what, what, what was more sad? That the night before that, I lost my faith in God. But you know what happened? He said that during my preaching, God was preaching to me. And I broke down in tears. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to trust God. He went to the bank and told them, if I don't have a payment by tomorrow, you can take the business. It was on a Monday morning he told him that. And he walked up and he told his wife that. And he said, if I don't have the bank, I mean, I told the bank that if we don't have a payment by tomorrow, they can take the business as before closed. So I don't know what we're going to do. And she just broke down in tears. Three months ago, the bef when everything started, the month before that, a lady was building a house. And Moy knows the house. You know the big house that's right there when you go into Leonard, the huge house on the hill? You know that house, Levi, the big one? They were building that house. And they didn't even have the concrete poured for that house. The lady came in three the before all that happened. And she said, I want you all to do all my floors. And they gave him the plans. And, she, and it was $95,000. And she looked at it and she's like, okay, that's good. And, and, and we can start whenever, you know, whenever it's time. Okay, that's fine. She left. She never came back. She said that whenever he said that to his wife and had faith in God, that lady came the next day in the morning and said, Angie, you're going to think I'm the craziest person in the world. I don't want you to tell this to nobody. But I have $30,000 right here, and I want to pay my uh, in advance for my flooring because I want to know that that's out of my checking and just to see how much money we have left for everything else. And she just looked at her and she said she just started crying. And she said, thank you, God, looking at her. And she took the money and went straight to the bank. And that's what, that's what my boss said. And I was like, wow, that's awesome. I, like, I can't believe that. And he said, but you know what's more beautiful about that? That it took me doing all that three months to never forget and never lose my trust in God ever again. And I'm telling you right now that God wants and he has a purpose for every single one of y'all. And it's okay to give up, like Ruben said, like Levi said, and I've done it plenty of times. Because we're not always strong enough. 
but it's it's not okay to give up and never try again. What God wants us to do is give up and say, well, you know what? I gave up. Now I'm going to go back to the store and get more ammo. I'm going to go back to the word and get more ammo. Because the, the devil won today, but he's not going to win tomorrow. It's to reload what we need to reload. And that's in, in my heart, whenever he was telling me that, I told him, you know, that's, that's, that's an awesome story. And, and, and my mom was actually telling us, we had a Bible study last Wednesday, and she was saying the same, a, a testimony saying, how am I going to be scared of us running out of food or this happening to us if we went a whole bunch of time where we didn't have money and we couldn't even afford food, and we could still find food for us, and God took care of us. But this is the thing that I told him. As, as, as me in my life, what I want is to be able to have kids one day or to preach to somebody or to talk to somebody and not always go back to, oh, you know what? You know what God did for my boss? You know what God did for me whenever I was five? Do you know what God did for my, my dad whenever he was in a van and, and his testimony? Do you know what God did to this guy at my church? I want to be able to say, you know what God has done for my life? I was in a situation where I had to do this and this. And if I didn't do this, I, was gonna, I wasn't going to make it. And I trusted God. We should all be anxious to have our testimony, our story. And the only way that can happen is to grab the trials that are in our lives and use those trials to make our faith stronger. And it will be beautiful to be one day be in front of my kids and say, you know what God has done for me? And this is what's more beautiful. Because God has done this for me today. But you know what God did for my parents? You know what God did for my grandparents? And it will teach somebody that God is the same. Today, yesterday, years and years and years ago, that he will be the same God tomorrow. And he will continue to be the same God every single time so what I'm trying to encourage y'all to do is the next time you're going through a trial is to not grab it and throw it away and run from it because you can run from it and maybe escape it it's fine but to grab that trial and grab it tight and say okay what weapon do I need to defeat this it's time to go reload it's time to go buy the weapon that I need and going into scripture and sometimes we make so many excuses. It is so easy to find anything in the Bible these days. All you got to search up is the word. You don't even have to go to the internet anymore. You can do it in the Bible app. You search up love, and you will have so many scriptures about love. You search up trust, and it just pops up like this. And it's a way of reloading our lives for the situation. If you keep going, I'm almost done. I just want to uh, read this part. It says, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world you love him even though you have never seen him though you do not see him now you trust him and you re and you rejoice with a glorious and expressible love i mean joy sorry the reward for your trusting for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls this salvation was something even the prophets wanted to know more about when they prophesied about the gracious salvation prepared for you. Salvation is for everyone. But being honored by God is not for everyone. 
And I'm not saying, oh, well, if you're not honored by God, you're not going to heaven. That's, that's not what I'm saying. But it's a different level. It's a different type of relationship that you will endure with God. And what I'm, what I'm trying to say is that when we fall in love with God and we know why we're in love with him, it brings out a different person out of us. Okay? If I'm in love with Edith, I'm not going to do things that don't have to do with love. If I love my parents, I'm not going to do things that don't have to do with love. If I love y'all, I'm not going to do things that don't have to do with love. You do different things that will demonstrate to that person that you love them. Sometimes we go to extremes to show that person that we love them. But sometimes we forget that God wants that same relationship from us. Going to different extremes to show God that we truly love him. Our love will bring us to the salvation. Our faith will bring us to the honor. And I don't know about y'all, like I said, but I would love to get to heaven one day and say, well, I, I have a lot of questions for God, but I would like to get to heaven or see God and say, oh, Neff, come here. You are one of my honored ones. And be honored by our Father. Be honored by God. And it, this is all just like salvation. It is all free will. You can run away from your problem. You can escape it. You can find something that will patch it up for a moment or two. You can find uh, nice words, a counselor that will make you feel better, even though that situation is still in your life. But I promise you, the best way to do it is grabbing the situation and going to war with it. Why? Because God has chosen you, and you can't be a chosen one if you're going to stay in the same spot every single time. God has chosen you to be more, and he wants you to be more. But you can't ever be more if you're not put into a excuse me, trial. And that's how God is going to make us stronger. That's how God is going to make us victorious. We can't speak of, we can't preach about victory if we don't think that God has victory in our lives. We can't preach about having faith in our lives. Or we can't tell somebody, you know what, bro, you need to have faith. If we don't even have faith in our lives. We can't preach about having love and loving God with all our hearts if we don't even love him with all our hearts. It's something that as a Christian, we need to grab and say, you know what, I want to be an honored Christian by God. And I will and and since God is telling me right here, right now, that there is a wonderful joy ahead of me. There is true. I'm going to be glad. Yes. But even though all that's going to happen. You're going to have trials. But greater is thee. That will. Take those trials. Make their faith stronger. And be honored by me. So the next time. Or in this situation that we're going through. While everybody's. Not everyone. But a lot of people are panicking. I encourage you. I encourage you to grab the situation. And it's little things that people say and you're like, oh, snap. As the lady I went to a job today with Elijah and she was like, not that we have any virus, but you should still wash your hands when you get to, you know, your house because you never know these days. And, 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 and little things like that process in your head. Well, she said, even though we don't have a virus, she's been to the hospital, she goes to appointments, maybe she does have the virus, takes 10 people to 10 days to know if they even have the virus. Can, I don't even remember how many things we touched, 
you touch three doorknobs. Things go through your head. But it's grabbing the situation and saying, you know what, ma'am, it's fine. We'll wash your hands, but we're not we're not worried about it. Grabbing the situation saying, you know what, God? If we touch something that was infected, my hands are not infected because you have cleaned my hands already. Yes, I'll wash my hands because that's what normal people do. But I know that there's no infection that can touch me because you're with me. It's grabbing the situation and making yourself stronger through it. And that's why God gave us the word. That's what the word is for. So I encourage you to grab the situation and you know your perspective of it. You know Levi's still going to work. Ruben's still going to work. You know your perspective. But you will realize that when you put this into play, God will not only make you stronger, but he will give you the ability and the time and the person to help them become stronger as well. And that's what God wants us to get to, is helping others become victorious as well. So with that's all I have for tonight, but I encourage you, don't let the enemy win. And it's okay to let the enemy win. I, the enemy has won a lot of times in my life, and that's because I wasn't prepared. But the, the most important thing to do is letting, if the enemy wins today, knowing that he's not going to win tomorrow. Okay? Why 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 do why do people buy a gun? To use it, right? Some people hunt with it, some people just want to be prepared for any moment. But does that gun work without ammo? No. Okay. A pistol holds up to nine bullets, right? Ruben, uh, your gun holds up nine bullets or how many? Eight bullets. If you had to shoot eight times, that would be perfect, right? That would be the perfect gun. But what if you had to shoot nine times? If you had to shoot eight times, it would be perfect. But what if you had to shoot nine times? Huh? And that's perfect. He would pull out another gun that has nine bullets. What if he had to shoot 20 times? What I'm trying to get to is there's a reason why people sell bullets, right? It's because just because you have nine bullets, you need ammo for the next time, for the next time, for the next time. Okay? That's the same way with being a Christian and having faith in God. Just because right now we have ammo in our hearts and we know what to say, what to do, it doesn't mean that that same faith is going to be there forever. So what do we have to do? We have to come back to the supplier, which is the word of God, and getting more ammo, getting more verses in our hearts, understanding who God is, understanding why God is, understanding how he is, understanding what he will do when we do this. And this is an example. There's not a... There's no purpose in Reuben having a gun without bullets. There's no purpose in him having a gun with eight bullets if he's going to use it. Why? Because when he runs out of those eight bullets, there's no purpose in the gun. It's the same thing. There's no purpose in us being a Christian if we're not going to use what God has given us. Our prayer, our faith, our Bible. There's no purpose in it. But there's also no purpose in it 
if we're only going to use it once or twice or three times. It's always coming back to the word, always coming back to our prayer, to, to, to God, and gaining that relationship, gaining it. And the same way as Reuben will put his trust in his gun when he needs it, is the same way we can put our trust in the word, in prayer, in faith when we need it, because we know that we're prepared. If Reuben, it's, if Reuben went to sleep tonight and I took the bullets out of his, out of his gun, the next morning he put it in his pocket and needed it, and started shooting and realized that he didn't have any ammo, he would be defeated. And that's how we walk around all the time. We run, a, we walk around with, you're a Christian? Yes, I'm a Christian. And we have the nice body, the nice, the nice, that proves, well, you know what? He is a Christian because if he wasn't, he would look dirty. Some of us actually, some of us still look dirty, but what I'm trying to get to is he would have a gun for no purpose. Some of us are a Christian and we don't even have the purpose in us because we don't even know the purpose. Well, I didn't, I, what would you do if this happened? Well, I don't know. I don't think I could trust God in that. The same way as Reuben would take his gun and start shooting and realize what is going on. And that's the most important thing to do. There's no reason to have a gun if it's not going to be with ammo. If it's not going to be ready to use when you need it. This is, this is God speaking to us tonight. There's no reason to be a Christian if we're not going to use what God has put there for us to use. Use our trials, use our faith, use our trust, use our love, use our prayer, use the word, and use him. So I encourage y'all to start realizing that and know that and put it to a test on your next trial that you go through. Just put it to a test and you'll realize that you'll see things differently. God will speak to you differently. God will show you things differently. And I don't know if anybody wants to add anything or wants to uh, explanation or a situation or anything, but that's what God put in my heart for tonight. And I just, and just because I speak, you know, about it or anything doesn't mean that I, I have it perfect. I've probably failed more than all y'all. But the most important thing is to grab your failure and pick up, stand up, go before God and realize that just because you failed, it doesn't mean you're lost. It just means you failed. And that doesn't mean that you're going to lose the next one. So I encourage you all to do that. And I don't know of many people that are honest these days with their lives, with their situations, with what they're going through. But if you can't even be honest with yourself and realize you're messed up or realize you're not in the right direction, if you can't be honest with yourself and realize that maybe my relationship with God is not how it's supposed to be, if you can't be honest with yourself, I promise you, you will never be able to be honest with God. So just know that. 